0: Welcome to Woodrow's Wishlist. I'm Evan Woodson. And in today's podcast, I'm going to be breaking down the Eastern Conference, uh, a bunch of new additions coming into the East. I'm going to talk about some of those additions. I'm going to talk about the teams, the standings, and uh, kind of who my pick is to make it to the finals and why. Following that, I'm going to talk about the Lakers and their struggles right now, uh, and if they can make the playoffs. And then I'm going to talk about OKC and Denver and uh, their chances for being teams that could contend with the Golden State Warriors in the uh, Western Conference. So let's get right into it. So the uh, Eastern Conference, as presently constructed, you know, the Bulls, they got a two game lead on the Raptors, you know, 43 and 14. They've been sensational. You know, the Raptors are in the second spot. The Indiana Pacers able to stay afloat following the loss of Victor Oladipo. Uh, you know they're at 38-20, 38-20 uh, followed by the Celtics and the 76ers, who are both at 37-21. and Obviously, with the Celtics beating the 76ers, they are now 3-0 and against them uh, this season. Uh, the Nets kind of follow behind at 30-29, and uh, and then it kind of goes down from there. Obviously, none of those other teams are really a threat. You know, the Nets, the Hornets, uh, the Pistons. You know, the Pistons kind of looked like they could be a team that could challenge uh, at the beginning of the season. But that uh, went away quickly. And I want to talk about these five teams. Because this is a very good Eastern Conference right now. Uh, You know, obviously, LeBron is now gone from the Eastern Conference. So it is kind of wide open. You know, LeBron had that statement saying that everyone's trying to make moves because I'm no longer in the conference, which I believe to be true. You know, all these teams are now thinking we have a legit shot. Obviously, the Boston was the hands down favorite coming into this season. They were the team with the most depth. They were the team with the best starting lineup. And everyone thought that they were going to be the team that could, you know, take the Warriors. You know, I was a little bit skeptical. I like Toronto coming into the season. Uh, and I still do, and now it seems like Boston's kind of fallen a bit, uh, so I'll start with the Celtics, obviously, uh, you know, they get the big win against the 76ers, and you know, I think they match up really well with the 76ers, obviously Horford is a great, um, is, is you know, Horford's kind of a big problem for Embiid, because he, because he spaces the floor so well, you know, he runs the floor really well, he can shoot the three, and he's just a very crafty, smart vet, who, you know, not a lot of Teams in the East have guys that can guard Embiid. Um, this is one of the teams that has guys that can guard Embiid uh in Al Horford. He's you know he's very smart. And uh this is they're they're kind of a big matchup problem for the 76ers. But obviously they still struggle. Uh, you know, Kyrie's been really up and down, you know, a lot of people taking shots at his leadership, saying he's not a great leader, you know, he's called his teammates out. Marcus Morris has kind of had that subtle shot at Kyrie. You know, Brad Stevens, obviously everyone thought, you know, he's he's the best coach coming into this year, and he's definitely struggled a bit getting all these guys together. Uh, Hayward's been very inconsistent. You know, he's starting to find his groove a little bit. He had a great game against Philadelphia, and it does kind of seem like this Boston Celtics team does play better without Kyrie. Uh, obviously, Kyrie's that closer. But they're more of a cohesive unit without Kyrie. You know, they share the ball a lot better. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens coming into the se- going into the postseason. Because you know they're very up and down. They look very good for stretches, and then they'll have stretches where you know they blow a big lead to the Lakers and the Clippers. You know, back to back nights, very tough losses, um, and then they'll have big, you know, big games like against the Warriors when you know they went into Oracle and almost won that game. Or, sorry, the game was in was in Boston, but, you know, they almost won that game, and Kyrie looked like the best player on the floor, you know, in a game that featured Steph and KD and Klay Thompson and DeMarcus Cousins. So, you know, very inconsistent, um, the Celtics are, and, you know, I, I wasn't as high as everyone was on them to start the season, and, uh, you know, I still not... Um, You know, if they do get matched up against the Sixers, I think that's the Sixers' worst nightmare, is having to face the Celtics, especially in the first round, because, you know, Indiana can kind of throw a wrench into that by getting the third seed. If Indiana grabs the third seed, if they're able to hold on to that, then the 76ers and the Celtics would find themselves playing. Uh, You know, I don't think that's a great matchup for the Sixers. I actually do like the Celtics in that series. Um, I do like the Sixers against a lot of other teams, however, because I do think that they're the second most talented team in the Eastern, or sorry, in the in the uh, entire NBA. You know that starting lineup is something else, but uh, you know depth and coaching uh, still a question. But so for the Celtics, you know I, I I do like them against a team like the Sixers. I do like them against the Pacers, um, which is why I do think that they'll be able to win the first round series. But you know if they have to go against the Raptors or the Bucks in a second round series. I'm going to roll with the Raptors and the Bucks over the uh, Celtics. Uh you know, I just I don't think there's enough cohesion between them. And you know, we'll have to see what Hayward looks like. That's going to be a big thing is what does Hayward look like? Uh you know, Marcus Morris has been sensational. He's been one of their best players. He's maybe been a top 3 player for them this year. Uh crazy as that is to think, but I just think they were a little overhyped uh and you know, the, the kind of the looming questions of what's going to happen with Kyrie uh doesn't look like he's going to re-sign. I would have my money on Kyrie going somewhere else, whether it be, you know, the Lakers or uh the New York Knicks. Uh, would be my two front runners, but a lot of questions coming in, uh you know, and all of a sudden you look at the Celtics and this was supposed to be the most talented team, but I don't think they are anymore. Uh you know, every other team pretty much all of those other powerful teams except for the Pacers, you know, they made big moves. Uh, at the trading deadline to really enhance their squads and make their squads a whole lot better. While the Celtics kind of didn't do that, they stayed the same. Uh, you know, it looks like they're going to be making a push for Anthony Davis this summer. Uh, and, you know, I just I don't think this is their season. Um, I can see them winning a first-round series, uh, and that's about it. I think that's the ceiling for the Boston Celtics this year. So now let's talk about the uh, 76ers. Uh, you know, this is a team... They acquired Tobias Harris. They now start, you know, Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick, Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, and Joel Embiid. This is an excellent starting lineup with, you know, Redick being your your fifth-best player and having a career year. You know, he shoots the three-ball exceptionally. This starting lineup is just outstanding. You know, Tobias Harris, he should have been an all-star. He would have been an all-star if he was in the East this year. Obviously, he was in the West, so he was not an all-star uh, I still thought he should have been an all-star. His numbers are sensational. You know, he's another guy that spreads the floor and can really shoot the ball. Um, you know, and then they add some depth. They add Mike Scott. Uh, you know, they bring in James Ennis. They bring in Jonathan Simmons. You know, TJ McConnell. But this bench still, it's not really, when you look at some of the other squads, especially the Toronto Raptors, you know, the Boston Celtics or even the Indiana Pacers, uh, it's, it doesn't match up with these benches. And so while their starting the lineup is very, very good, um, you know, I still I still do have some questions. I think this team is extremely talented, uh, and you know that having a guy like Joel Embiid, who's just an absolute monster, he's one of the biggest nightmare problems, mismatch problems for a lot of teams. Uh, you know, there only are a couple of guys that can really guard him. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what Marcus Ole would be able to do against him. But you know, Horford's proven that he can do that, and I do think they they have. Uh, um, a mismatch problem with if they had to go up against the Celtics, uh, you know, and I just think Brad Stevens will be able to figure out a way to get the job done against this 76ers team because you know, I don't think Brett Brown is a great coach and their lack of depth does hurt them. So, you know, I could see if, if they get a if they are able to grab the third seed and you know, they play a, a Toronto Raptors in the second round, that'd be a very interesting matchup. Uh, you know, they do they, their starting lineup is better, they do have more firepower. Uh, so, you know, and that would kind of offset, you know, let's see what Nick Nurse can do in the playoffs. So, you know, that would be a fu- a really fun matchup. Uh, I do think if they're able to grab the third seed, you know, that they can go all the way. I just, I don't really like the matchup against the Boston Celtics who have just seemed to completely dominate them, you know, ever since last season, um, you know, just completely destroying them and then destroying them in the playoffs last year. And they're now three, and and0 against them this year, you know, obviously Kyrie doesn't play and they still beat them. So the Sixers have looked really impressive, and they, they're only going to get better. Uh, it, it will be interesting to see what they're able to accomplish in the playoffs, however. Uh, so now let's talk about the, the Pacers, because this is an interesting team. You know, they're in the third seed. This was kind of coming into the season, you know, it was the Boston Celtics. It was what, what can Milwaukee do now that they have Budenholzer, now that Giannis has a good coach? You know, what are the Raptors going to look like? What are the Sixers going to look like? And everyone kind of forgot about Indiana. And, you know, they've been up and down, but lately have been playing outstanding basketball. And then all of a sudden, Victor Oladipo gets hurt. And, you know, now it's kind of like this team is just cooked and buried. But this is a very good team. uh, And they're very well coached. You know, I don't think they have the ability to take down one of these other four teams. But, I'm you know, I wouldn't actually be surprised if they were able to. Nate McMillan's proven once again, you know, last year he, you know, he took home some coach of the year considerations, and I think this year his case is even stronger, uh, you know, Bogdan Bondanovic, or Boban Bondanovic, has just been absolutely sensational, he's been shooting the lights out, this guy can really play, you know, Miles Turner, kind of rough start to the season, but he's been sensational, especially on the defensive end, you know, and then you bring a guy off the bench, uh, Demontis Sabonis. You know, they have some guys, they're very deep, they're very well coached, they play hard, and they just share the rock. You know, there's no all-out star on this team. Uh, You know, they bring in Wesley Matthews, another 3-and-D guy who can really shoot the ball. Uh, And this team is going to be fun. They're going to be interesting to see what they can can do in the playoffs, because they are very deep, and they do share the ball. It kind of almost reminds me of, you know, the Boston Celtics last year. Obviously, probably not as talented, but kind of similar, you know, very well coached. They're going to share the ball, they're going to defend, and they're not afraid of you. So, you know, this is the one team that's kind of a wild card coming in. uh, If they can kind of, you know, maybe even win a series and kind of disrupt the whole flow of how the Eastern Conference is going to turn out. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. Now I want to talk about the Toronto Raptors because this was my pick to make the finals when they got Kawhi Leonard uh, and Danny Green. I thought this was the team that was going to make the finals. Uh, You know, obviously the Bucks have a little bit of a lead on them. I still like the Toronto team. I still think this is the team that's going to represent in the finals. Uh, You know, they're just so good. Um, You know, looking at their roster, obviously, you know Kyle Lowry and Danny Green is a great backcourt. You know, they defend, they can shoot the ball very well. Obviously Kawhi Leonard, you know, playing at MVP level this year. Pascal Siakam, who you know put up 44 points last night against the Washington Wizards. This guy is a complete stud. You know, he's kind of what Draymond Green used to be before he fell off a bit. You know, and he's he's starting to shoot the ball a lot better. And his confidence is just through the roof, which is scary. You know, he's one of the hardest workers in the NBA. He runs the floor better than anyone. Uh, he's starting to shoot the ball. You know, he hit that game winner against Phoenix when they gave the ball to him at the top of the three and just let him go to work. You know, Nick Nurse really trusting his handles. This guy can do it all. And he's my X factor. I think if he can play like that, in the playoffs, I really don't think there's, I think there's no doubt in my mind that Toronto will make the finals, just because Pascal has that ability, he is an absolute stud, and then, you know, they do the trade, and they only get better, you now have Gasol coming off your bench, and Jeremy Lin coming off your bench, and if you look at the Toronto Raptors bench right now, uh, I was just, just doing it, you know, it's Jeremy Lin, Fred Van Fleet, Norman Powell, OG Ananobi, and Mark Gasol, uh, I don't even think there's a bench that's even close to how good that bench is. You know, when you think about Jeremy Lin, experienced point guard with heat check potential. Fred Van Fleet's an absolute stud who puts his heart on the line every game. You know, Norman Powell, very athletic, can shoot the ball, can defend. And O.G. Ananobi's having a breakout year this year. He is an absolute stud. You know, when him and Kawhi Leonard are on the floor together, uh, they are very scary. They're very hard to deal with when, when you're on offense and they're playing defense against you. And then Marcus you know, still getting acclimated a little bit to this Toronto team, but he's a big, he can shoot the ball, he defends extremely well. I remember that block on Bradley Beal last night where he just stayed vertical and just took it out of his hands. You know, some of the passes he makes are absolutely crazy. And now it gives you 48 minutes, you know. With, with Valanchunez, you know, he's he's great down low. He's He's had some huge games for the Toronto Raptors. But he's not a shooting threat and he's not a great passer. He can be a little bit of a black hole. Now with Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka, you get 48 minutes of a big that can really defend and really shoot, which should be very scary for, you know, the rest of the East. And, um, you know, Marc Gasol is only going to develop more with this Toronto team. Uh, he's going to be able to, to play many minutes for this team. And, you know, like I said, with him and Ibaka, there's always going to be a five on there that can stretch the floor. Uh, you know, and and is a willing passer and can defend as well. So, you know, this Toronto team, I think, is very scary. Obviously, you know, Toronto's had that monkey on their back in the playoffs. But I think it's a whole new year. Uh, you know, Kyle Lowry is kind of the X factor. You know, he is a smaller guard. He has kind of struggled and he also has got hurt in playoff series. But I think if he can just be a good distributor and if he can just shoot the ball well, uh you know and not try to do it all himself i think this team will be very good they're at their best when they share the ball because they have so many guys that can hurt you i think there is a lot of pressure on nick nurse in this toronto team uh but i think they're going to answer the call and i'm expecting the toronto raptors to be in the finals this year and competing with the golden state warriors then the milwaukee bucks you know this team has been very exciting to watch all year uh, just a perfect system for Giannis. You bring in Uh Budenholzer, who's such an upgrade over you know Kidd and whoever else they had as their coach last year in the playoffs. But they were very, they were not well coached at all. Uh, they didn't figure out a way to use Giannis in that series against Boston. And you know they still took Boston to Game Seven in Boston and and lost. But you know I think they were a lot better last year than a lot of people realized. And now Giannis has just been completely unlocked. Uh, you know, with the signing of Brook Lopez as well, which was was a really underrated signing, another flo- another spacer. You really can just put Giannis around him with four shooters. You know, guys like Malcolm Brogdon, who's having a very solid year. Chris Middleton obviously as an All Star this year. Eric Bledsoe was a borderline All Star. Uh, you know, and now you get you bring in a guy like Nikola Mirotic. Who's just a better version of that? You know, he's a great floor spacer. They're literally going to be able to play Giannis with four guys. They're going to go four out with Giannis or five out with Giannis, and he's going to be an absolute monster. Teams are just going to have no answer. They're not going to be able to double Giannis, uh, and he's going to put a lot of guys on the island on an island. And I think that you know, a signing like Miretic and bringing in another shooter really can uh, kind of offset the fact that Giannis still doesn't shoot the ball. Um, But they are very scary moving into the playoffs. You know, um, Budenhauser has just done a great job with this team. They have a league's best record. And defensively, you know, is a whole other thing. This team really defends. They're really long. They're very athletic. You know, they rebound the ball well. They're going to be a very scary team. Um, You know, I I can see them in the conference finals. I think it's going to be Milwaukee and Toronto. And I do give the Toronto Toronto an edge, but just by the like the skin of my teeth. Um, I'm very excited to see what this Milwaukee Bucks team is going to be like going into the playoffs. So now let's switch gears and uh, move over to the East. Obviously, I just want to talk about the Lakers really quickly. Uh, you know, they start off the season kind of shaky. Then you know they start to figure it out with LeBron. Get to 21 and 14. LeBron gets hurt. You know they're now 28 and 29. I think they're two games behind Sacramento for the playoffs. And, uh, you know, everyone's starting to doubt them again. And, you know, obviously that LeBron injury did not help. I think the Lakers were kind of transcending. And with Lonzo Ball, you know, another big injury. When they're up big against Houston, Lonzo Ball goes down uh, and they, they totally collapse. I think Lonzo Ball has shown a lot of leadership this year. He's an excellent passer. He's hit some big shots. And defensively, he has all the skills of a very good defensive point guard, and he's shown that this year, you know, they they have struggled without Lonzo defensively, and it gives LeBron just another playmaker, but you know, with the loss in Atlanta, they are in a lot of trouble right now, um, you know, it doesn't look like they're going to be able to figure it out enough to get past the 8 seed, because... You know, the I th- I can see them taking down a Toronto or a Sacramento team and getting that final spot just because of who LeBron is. I wouldn't be surprised if he just goes all out, LeBron, and gets them into the playoffs. But that's looking at an eight at eight one matchup against the Golden State Warriors, which does not look promising. I know this Lakers team has been very up and down. You know, all those trade rumors really hurt them, hurt the young guys' confidence and now this is the team they have to ride with for the rest of the year. And it will be interesting to see what happens with LeBron if he just goes all out and tries to make the playoffs as the 8th seed or if he kind of just forfeits this season and uh, waits for the next. But the problem with that is he's, he's, only, getting, he's only getting older, um, and it's only going to get tougher from here on out for him. So, you know, they'll have to ride with this squad. Uh, hopefully, if they could get to the 7th seed, you know, a matchup against Denver... <coughs> While well, I think Denver's a superior team, uh, you know, I think LeBron could be able to go into the Mile Hyde City and win a game, you know, win a game seven if it came to that. Uh, against the Warriors, though, I think they have no chance. And so if they are able to get into the playoffs, even, have, even as an eight seed, it's going to be an early exit for them. But I don't think that's totally on LeBron. Uh, you know, he, ca- he came to LA. I think he expected someone else to join him. No one did. So this is the team he rode out with. Uh, you know, Kuzma's been great for them this year. I think some of the guys like, you know, Brandon Ingram hasn't developed totally to where LeBron thought he was going to be. You know, LeBron was coming out saying he got next. He's going to be an all-star with me this year, which never happened. Um, You know, Brandon Ingram's obviously struggled. He's been on and off. He doesn't shoot the ball well. (coughs) I do really like him. I think he has a lot of potential still. He can really defend. You know, he can handle the ball well. He can get to the rim, but this team is struggling right now um and if it is the Warriors they have to play they I you know maybe could get a game but I wouldn't give them any more than that so you know I don't think you can put it on LeBron for this year because he did get hurt and we saw what it was like with him hurt and now he's only been back for a little bit and he's trying to reacclimate himself which is tough to do midway through the season so you know I, I would give LeBron a pass this year if the Lakers don't make the playoffs but I think not having LeBron in the playoffs is terrible for basketball and not just as a Lakers fan. I think everyone wants to see LeBron James in the playoffs, unless you're a Sacramento Kings fan. I want to talk about two teams that are in the playoffs right now and are currently playing very good basketball. The Oklahoma City Thunder and the Denver Nuggets. You know, OKC's at 37-19. and 19. Uh, The Nuggets are at 39-18. and 18. And these two teams have been sensational. I want to start with the Nuggets. You know, for the last couple of years, I've argued with a lot of people about how I think Nikolai Jokic is better than Carl Anthony Towns. And last year, I thought it really solidified that Jokic is a better player than Carl Anthony Towns. And this year, he's been sensational. Um, you know, I would not be surprised if he had been named the starter for the Western Conference this year with the numbers that he's putting up. He's a big man that can really pass. He plays sensational basketball. You know, he shoots the three. He's very big down low. And he's just a great all-around guy. You know, his teammates or his uh, defense is getting a lot better. And he's surrounded with so much talent. You know, this team has had so many guys in and out of the lineup. You know, Paul Millsap's been in and out of the lineup. You know, Will Barton, Gary Harris, so many guys. Um, and now they're kind of getting back to to being healthy. You know, Monte Morris and Malik Beasley have been two guys coming off the bench for them that have just been sensational. You know, Monte Morris, assist-to-turnover ratio is crazy this year. He's a great point guard, great floor general. Uh, you know, Malik Beasley has really come into his own as a scorer. He's been shooting the ball very well. You know, they bring in Isaiah Thomas last night who had eight points in 13 minutes. Uh, you know, just a, this team is very deep. You know, they have that advantage of playing in the Mile High City. Um, You know, I think they are kind of a threat to the Warriors. I don't think as big as they should be, uh, obviously. But, you know, in a series against the Warriors, this team could pose some problems with with Jokic and with their depth. Uh, Just so many guys they can bring in and out. And they're hungry. I don't think they're afraid of anyone. If Isaiah Thomas can kind of get back to, you know, 15 points a game, this Denver Nuggets team could be very problematic. And now I want to talk about the Thunder because I think this is the number one team <clears throat> with a chance to um take down the Warriors. And uh that only got better with you know signing Markeith Morris, uh, a veteran, big guy, you know. He can shoot the ball well, he'll probably come off the bench. Um, you know, their benches isn't great, and uh he'll only help that bench unit. I like I really like that pickup for them. And you know, Paul George has just been sensational this year. Uh one of my favorite players. He's a top three MVP candidate. He's been a top five player in the league this year. He's the best player on this team. And I think Westbrook's starting to realize that. And he's kind of taking a, b- a backseat to it. Because, you know, Westbrook's at his best when he's attacking, when he's kicking out, when he's getting offensive rebounds, as opposed to shooting a bunch. So I think his lack of shooting this year has actually helped them just in the fact that now he's, you know, he's looking to kick out to teammates. And he's looking to the rock a lot more than he used to. And now Paul George has just been on this crazy run. You know, he's playing at the level of Kevin Durant. And if, you know, if OKC finds themselves in in the conference finals against Golden State, Paul George can outplay Kevin Durant. I think they have a legitimate shot in this because, you know, Westbrook's going to play at 100%. You know, guys like Jeremy Grant, Stephen Adams is a beast. This team can really defend. You know, Terrence Ferguson has come in this year. He is a crazy athlete as well. When you look at their starting lineup, they are so athletic. You know, Westbrook, George, Ferguson, Grant, and Steven Adams. This is the most athletic starting lineup in the league. This team really gets after you. You know, Steven Adams, one of my favorite guys, underrated as always. Um, he can really play down low. And, you know, Paul George has that ability. I think if, if he can really figure it out this year, I do think that they have a legit shot against the Warriors. Obviously, I'm going to pick the Warriors. But I still think that OKC has a legit shot at taking down the Warriors if Paul George remains healthy this year and keeping up his play. Thank you for listening to another edition of Woodrow's Wishlist. I'm Evan Woodson. You can find me on Twitter at Gringo Time or on Instagram at MBA Talk 49 And have yourself a wonderful day.